Hello from beautiful Vancouver Island and welcome to the podcast series Soul Conversations with me, Mia. I have created it in honor of your journey of expansion, personal growth, transformation and awareness. Each episode highlights a challenge we often face and the advantage of understanding it. It also sheds a light on why we reliably show up from ego and fear rather than from love and authentic self. I hope you enjoy and remember to subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Welcome to my latest edition of the podcast series, Soul Conversations with Mia. Today we're going to talk about your pivot story, your fork in the road moment. I've had many of them and they can be challenging and they can be very exciting. And I'm going to start by sharing with you my fork in the road or my pivot story. So I was in the fitness industry. For those of you who don't know me, I was in the fitness industry for well over 30 years. In every capacity you can think of, depending on the decade, there was aerobics, running groups, step classes, spin classes, pump classes, bum thongs, leg warmers, <laughs> headbands. That's almost embarrassing to admit. And I loved it all because I loved fitness. In 1997, I opened um, with my ex-husband at the time an 8,000 square foot facility in the community that I live in. And it housed a physio clinic and a daycare and a coffee bar and a brand new state-of-the-art spin room and so on and so forth. And it was a very progressive facility at the time. And what I learned was that I lost all of my passion for fitness by opening a fitness center. It had nothing to do with fitness and everything to do with business. So after nine years of absolute burnout, I sold the, we sold the facility and went, I went into hiding for a year. And in that year, I wrote a book on dysfunctional eating called On a Desperate Journey. And through the process of writing the book, I began to rediscover my passion for exercise. So in 2009, I opened a second facility, which was actually the exact opposite of the first facility. It was just under a thousand square feet. It was a post rehab facility and I was the sole everything. One staff, no phone, no social media, no cleaners, no bookkeepers, just me. And as much as I loved what I created, I completely burnt out again. In the six and a half years of owning the studio, I taught over 6,000 post-rehab classes, which also didn't include the workshops or the seminars or any of the private sessions. And I kind of felt like I was in prison, physically, mentally, creatively, and spiritually. So why am I admitting this to you? <laughs> because I thought I had failed and I felt like a total fraud. I felt like I failed because I quit, air quotes, and I felt like a fraud because people were always saying things like, oh, you must love what you do. It must be so nice to be good at what you do. Your work must be so rewarding. Yes, I made really good money and I was doing what I air quote loved, but the reality was no amount of money was going to make up for my actual intense boredom. So I sold it in 2016 and walked away from fitness for good. And it took a long time for me to realize that I actually wasn't quitting something. I simply had outgrown where I was and it was time to move towards something else. When I finally realized this, I was able to release so much guilt around selling the facility. And inst so instead of thinking about your current job or career, and your future side hustle or fork in the road as an either or or an if and when or a give to get, it sometimes helps to think about moving towards something else rather than quitting or a moving or moving away from where you are. 
Sometimes you simply outgrow where you are. And that can be in relationships or jobs or communities or homes or beliefs. I have a very strong belief that every person on this planet has the same purpose. And the purpose is to step into and own the greatness of who you are. To go back to the perfection of who you were before the world told you you weren't good enough. I like to say we were all born fat, happy, and naked, and we learned everything else. I have two grandbabies now, a three-year-old granddaughter and an eight-month-old grandson, and they are absolutely perfect. And I don't mean that in the physical sense. I mean, they are absolutely perfectly whole. They haven't learned yet that they aren't good enough or there's something wrong with them. And that will come in time. And I will do everything in my power to elevate their thinking around this crazy human phenomenon. So back to purpose. The thing that makes us different is not our purpose, but how we embrace our purpose and take it out into the world. That vehicle, that idea, that side hustle, that fork in the road, that pivot story is what sets us apart in our global purpose. It might be music or writing a book or making t-shirts or perhaps knitting baby toques. It might be to help people declutter or drive people to hospital appointments. It might be to build beautiful birdhouses or sell home-baked goods infused with herbs or teach yoga. Regardless of what it is, the first step is to own the gifts, the talents, and the greatness the universe has bestowed upon each of us. And then the second step is to take it out into the world. Excuse me. Every man-made thing on this planet started as an idea. So just imagine how many incredible ideas have never been shared because of limiting beliefs. Whatever your side hustle idea is, it's likely wrapped up in a story which includes limiting beliefs, judgments, and assumptions which have been created through experiences in life to date. Therefore, the results are actually going to be pretty typical. Nothing happens. You stay stuck. You stay still. You dream about it instead of living it. If you believe your side hustle or your fork in the road moment or your pivot story will never work, then it won't. So why is that? Why is it that's so common and so predictable? Why haven't you started your side hustle or changed directions or taken the left fork instead of the right? Our thinking creates our choices and our choices create our actions and our actions ultimately create our outcome or our results. So if you think you can't do something, then the choice is you don't. And the action is no action and the result is you stay still. If the thinking is, I'm going to do this, then the choices are basically too many to list and the actions will reflect the choices you choose and the outcome. So let's face it, we all put things in the way. Whether it's excuses or procrastination, maybe avoidance or resistance or being addicted to busy or whatever, But the most predictable thing, which will derail your great idea or your change in direction before it even begins is, insert your name. We are typically the first and the biggest hurdle that gets in the way of bringing whatever it is we want in life um, to change or to change something that isn't working. And it's because we basically all fear the same things. Specifically, the top three being failure, rejection, and judgment. And we create all of this in our minds. It becomes our story which we carry with us through life. 
the victim story or the addicted to being right story or the imposter story, whatever the story it is, we attach certain emotions to those stories and those fears which live within the story. And those emotions fuel the thinking which fertilizes the roots of the story, making it grow bigger and stronger and more real, which in turn makes the emotion even stronger and the story even more real until the whole story is real, even if it's all fake, even if it's all just limiting beliefs, thoughts and judgments. And therefore, very often, we quit before we ever start, before we ever change, before we ever pivot. Love the sayings, as some, some of you who know me know these are my favorite sayings, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure which you seek and what stands in the way becomes the way insert name. <laughs> so the second and third most common obstacles that we put in the way are time and money. But what if the significance we give to time and money are actually creating the resistance we are putting out into the world? In other words, what is your relationship to time and to money and are they similar? For example, there's never enough if I only had more. If there was just a bit more, when I have more, how can I get more? When I'm not so busy, when life slows down, when I have the time. If there were only more hours in the day and so on and so on and so on. So the interesting piece in this reality puzzle is that we all have 24 hours in a day. How we prioritize those hours is part of our relationship with time. What are your priorities? Do you wear the busy badge of honor on your exterior at all times? How you prioritize your time and your money is a direct reflection of your values and the life you live. And a great question to consider is where can you create more time and money? And that is a whole other conversation. I should do a podcast episode on that. With coaching, we talk a lot about a client's story and how the story is holding them hostage to the life they're living. So one of the first things we tackle, regardless of the reason they have begun a coaching relationship, is to dismantle the story to find the nuggets at the center of the storm. And one of the ways we tackle the peeling back of the story is to understand what it is the client truly wants, which sometimes is harder than it sounds. Often, and very often, um, clients don't actually know what it is they want other than not what, that they, not what they currently have. So that's a great place to start, to understand what it is you want so that, uh, so what you do want begins to take shape. After I sold my second facility, which was called The Core, I decided I was going to let the universe decide for me what it was that I was supposed to do for the next chapter of my working life. I was always pretty creative at reinventing myself within the fitness industry and staying ahead of or even maybe creating the industry curb. So I figured maybe I'd take that ingenuity and reinvent myself in a completely different field. All I knew was that I didn't want to be in a brick and mortar business. I didn't want a nine to five setup. I didn't want day in and day out structure. I didn't want to deal with negativity, negativity and limiting beliefs. And I didn't want any status attached to what I was doing. So this left a career which was flexible, mobile, and had meaning and purpose, and that I could use that same skill set philanthropically. And interestingly, I never said anything about money. 
So how did I manifest coaching? Well, I do like everyone does. When the universe doesn't work fast enough, I go to Facebook and ask everyone who knows me, hey, what do you think I should do for the next chapter of my life? And that is how my coaching career <laughs> manifested. So what are your foundational values? If you are uncertain, which is very common, then the side hustle will be built on sand. So getting incredibly clear on your values will create the solid foundation required to build a stable and steady side hustle or a stable and steady uh, fork in the road moment. And once you've created the foundation, um, you will always be able to come back to that foundation when you feel out of alignment or off course or agitated or disconnected. And if you want your values to be even more relevant, take them one step further and determine the metrics by which you measure your values. So as an example, if success is a value for you, exactly how do you measure success? For someone, it might be by money in the bank and for someone else, it might be the amount of time they can spend with family. Maybe the value is excellence. For one person, that might mean being number one at their place of employment. And for another, it might be creating an environment of equality. Regardless, ask yourself, what is the one value out of all of my values that will always guide me out of the darkness? For me, it's integrity. So what does integrity mean, mean to me? It means I wake up and go to bed the same person, basically. Walking the line of truth and connection and inclusion, which is very important to me, always. Even when it's hard. And how do I measure integrity? By the innate knowing that I walk on this planet every day, leaving the smallest and the largest footprint possible. So the smallest footprint by recycling and upcycling and spending responsibly and the largest footprint by helping and sharing and listening and respecting the environment and respecting people and maintaining healthy boundaries. That will always guide me in my decisions in every area of life, every time. When I get disconnected, I come back and I can see, oh, I'm out of alignment with my most important value, which is integrity. So we've already talked a bit about fear and how it can be our greatest adversary and that it lives solely in our minds, which creates our reality. I love the acronym false evidence appearing real for fear. And if you listen to my last episode, it's an entire episode on fear of failure or failing to fit, which is worse, fear of failure or failure being your greatest fear. So we have come this far in our discussion. I'd love for you to write down the question, what are your greatest fears and how are they limiting you and your fork in the road moment, your side hustle, your pivot story? Is it that no one will want what you have to sell? <clears throat> Rejection. Is it that you will, that it will never work out? Judgment. Is it that you might fail? Limiting belief. Is it that you don't think you have what it takes? Judgment. <laughs> Is it that you don't have the time or money? Priorities. Is it that people might judge or reject you? People are already judging you. It's part of human nature. Is it maybe I don't think I can make money doing that? Um, or what is it? I mean, I've had 
lots of failures in my life. One of them was creating the Healthy Back DVD program. I mean, I spent a fortune and a tremendous amount of time creating this DVD series. And I learned to get comfortable in front of a camera and the legalities of creating online programming and connecting with social media companies, artwork, music, insurance. I also learned that memorization, I suck at memorization, um, but I'm actually pretty good at winging it. Um, I learned that I don't fret about the small stuff and I also learned to let go um, because it didn't work out. After a lot of a lot of time and money spent creating the program, I lost my insurance carrier after the first year um, due to the number of um, legal suits against exercise DVDs in the States, which was actually a good thing because I was actually done with the fitness industry anyways. But I used all of those experiences and lessons when I turned around and eventually created all the video-based programs that I created for my coaching program or my, my coaching business. So dualities are how most of us live our lives. Good, bad, success, failure, yes, no, healthy, not healthy, positive, negative, rejection, acceptance, opportunities, limitations, uh, love, loss. Well, I'd like to share the idea of living with reconciliation rather than dualities. So if every one of these examples were a spectrum rather than an either or, then we open up the opportunity to move back and forth along the spectrum at different times in our lives and our experiences. Just because something is a no today doesn't mean it will be a no tomorrow. And being rejected by someone today simply allows the space for someone else to show up. And each failure you experience while bringing your side hustle to life is a lesson on how to do things differently as you move forward, not a reason to quit. Not yet, not now, not this, perhaps. So my ideal avatar are uh, females between the ages of 35 and 60 who are highly motivated, determined, busy, open-minded, high-achieving, confident, and typically very hard on themselves. And because of this way of showing up in their lives, they also tend to live with the perfection and procrastination duality, which will basically kill a side hustle or a fork in the road moment long before it has ever had the chance to be born. My, my ideal client often strives for all the flaws and potential failures to be resolved before they decide to push the idea forward. And because this isn't possible, procrastinating is a perfect strategy. I'll do it when, I'll work on it after, when I have more whatever, I'll tackle it. When my kids are done school, I will. When my husband retires, I will. When I retire, I will. It's kind of akin to the we will have a baby when concept. Maybe the time truly isn't right now, but maybe it is. Maybe there is no right time, there's only now. It all starts with committing to imperfect and deliberate action every day, every week, every month. Honestly, if I would have waited until whatever, fill in the blank, with a lot of my ideas, none of them would have happened. And I have had many failures throughout my working life, but I've never let the fear of failing actually stop me. It's just life. It just is, you know, like just go for it. So where do you start? Well, I believe strongly in creating reverse timelines because they bring your vision uh, to life much quicker than if you're trying to move towards it. That way the targets very often just keeps moving around a lot. So if every step of imperfect and deliberate action gets mapped out in a reverse fashion, then the thinking gets removed and the thinking is where the train very often comes off the tracks. 
So all you have to do is figure out how to get to your first milestone, then the second, then the third, not how to get to the end. You start with what you're intending to create as your pivot story or your side hustle or whatever it happens to be, followed by the measure or the what by when. For example, I will have my first client buy. Then I like um, each one of my clients to create their future vision as a written exercise on the day the project or the, the vision is fulfilled or brought to life or introduced to the world. Standing in the future with the side hustle alive or the, the new relationship or the full bank account, what is life like? What is present for you and how does it feel and what are you wearing and where are you standing? Making it as real as possible so your brain believes it's already a done deal. So a couple of great exercises I'm just going to quickly share with you in support of uh, your fork in the road moment or your side hustle process includes um, a few things. One is problems as opportunities, one is turbochargers, one is breakdown instigators, and one is breakthrough instigators. If you need this more information on this, just reach out to me. Problems as opportunities gives you the chance to take a perceived hurdle and spin it into a possibility. And this is a skill which takes practice. So bringing your uh, side hustle or your, your big change in life to life is a great place to practice. So identify the three biggest air quote problems you believe will derail your idea or are standing in the way. Then you'll take each of those problems and list three opportunities that you see within each problem. The problem with problems is if you ide identify enough of them, you will stop before you even start. The next is to identify three turbochargers, which will always give you a boost of power and include them in your process. So for an example, for me being in nature for, you know, every day or reading for education in the morning and exercise daily are always turbochargers for me. Eating healthy is another one. And the next is to identify predictable breakdown instigators or things that you do that will throw you off course every time. For example, self-sabotaging, hiding, blaming, being out of alignment with your values, binge watching Netflix, um, perfectionism, procrastination. And then lastly, identify three breakthrough instigators that will realign you with the project or the change and your values. For example, starting a fear journal, declaring imperfect and deliberate action daily, asking for support. Ooh, that's a tough one. And maybe identifying an accountability partner that will help you with your commitment. So if all this makes sense and you're tired of making excuses or tired of saying when and if, or if you're tired of your current situation, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, encourage you to get inspired to step out of the way of your fear, to bring your side hustle or your fork in the road or your pivot story to life. Just commit to your fear, you know, commit to your fears. You don't have to get rid of them. You just have to encourage them to move out of the way and come along with you. Let them sit in the back seat instead of the front seat. And then you're going to commit to your new choices, your new actions, and your new milestones. Um, commit to moving towards something that really excites you, but most importantly, commit to yourself. By withholding your gifts and your skills and your passion and your idea, 
you're not showing the universe just how grateful you are for all that she, <laughs> I don't know, she, he, whatever, has given you. There's a reason why you have your great idea or your, your knowing rattling around in there. So what is it that you're going to go, what is it that you're going to do first? I'm going to close by sharing with you um, one of my very favorite affirmations from um, Marianne Williamson. And just as a reminder, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of the universe. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine. We were born to manifest everything that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in every one of us. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I absolutely love that quote. And in honor of your courage, I wrote um, a thought leader manifesto or a mindset manifesto for each and every person that crosses my path or wants to play in my world. And it goes like this. A thought leader is ready to let go of the past by stepping out of the box that she no longer fits in. She or he. She values action, courage, wisdom, collaboration, and she's free from judgment, excuses, blaming, and competition with her sisters. She will no longer be paralyzed by her fears, silenced by her thinking, and stuck in her stories. She collaborates, supports, shares. She grows wings with her sisters. She straightens their crowns. She wipes their tears. A thought leader uses her voice to tap into her greatness and share her purpose with the world, and she is unstoppable. I encourage you from the bottom of my heart to go for it.